Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, depending on where you are. I'm Ray Rossini, and this is Partner First, your source for subject matter experts, vendors of note, and thought leaders in the MSP channel. Today is absolutely no different. Uh, I'm excited because we always we always cover thought leaders, we cover vendors of note, we cover uh, amazing people in the channel, uh, but it's not always products I use. Today, we're covering a product we use internally and my staff has been loving. So I'm actually really excited about this one because it's one of those cool ones. Um, and it does, it solves against the whole bad word of shadow IT. But uh, before we get scary, uh, I want to cover a few housekeeping topics. This is obviously recorded. Uh, there's a live chat. Come chat with us, whether you're on LinkedIn, Facebook, uh, YouTube or any of the cool socials. Uh, somebody is so excited, they're calling me right now. Um, this is recorded, it'll be available immediately after uh, on all those same platforms, so you can rewatch or, uh, or watch the first time if you couldn't watch it live. Uh, any comments, we wanna know, this is not death by PowerPoint. These are actually, I'm being joined by two very dynamic people that are actually fun to hang out with if you ever get a chance. So ask your questions, tell me if you're using it, tell me if you're not. And uh, without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and welcome our guests. Please help me join. Please join me in welcoming Mr. John Harden, Senior Product Manager, Marketing Manager uh, of Avic, uh, and Mr. Nolan Green, Product Marketing Manager. How are you guys doing, gentlemen? Ooh, we got muted. See, it wasn't me this time. Yes. You and Tony do it every time, and I made the mistake. Oh, no. All right. Uh, I was just That's saying. Doing well, staying staying under the roof with all these storms coming through the Midwest. I love it. I love it. It's uh, I'm, yeah. Please be safe. It's very important uh, for the for the live stream, of course, but also for your personal safety. Uh, and like you said, you got some personal. Uh, I won't put your stuff out there, but you got some very important dates coming up uh, on tax day. But uh, and Mr. Nolan Green, how you doing, my friend? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Do you have any thunderstorms uh, hitting you up or? Thing, uh, we, things are quiet in your your part of town. We are all clear here in Boston. Nice, nice. Uh, that's someplace I haven't been yet, so I, I'm going to have to go visit. Uh, John, I was uh, very lucky to hang out with, uh, what, two weeks ago in uh, Chicago over at CompTIA, um, which is always nice. And uh, you're on the SAS Council at CompTIA, right? Yeah, chair over or vice chair over with the SAS Ecosystem Council with CompTIA. Very nice. There you go. And uh, we already got the chat going. Uh, we got Miss Ashley Cooper saying, OMG, I love this company. There's a lot to love. Uh, she may be biased. <laughs> but uh, we have Mr. Kelvin Tehelar. Avic is a company that sells polar bears, right? Um, that's that's my understanding. That's the only reason they're on here today. Um, I, I assume Nolan's going to put on the polar bear suit. Uh, you know, <laughs> you're ready for that, right? Always ready. Awesome. So let's let's get started. I'm a big fan of the collegiate method. Let's define the terms before we start talking about them. So let's talk about Avic. Let's talk about Sassio. Uh, who's going to go first? What is Avic? Go for it, Nolan. So uh, Avic, we got our start as a uh, cloud-based network monitoring and management company. We basically allow our users to visualize their entire network, see how everything is connected, and collate a, a really rich treasure trove of data for faster troubleshooting and just more efficient network management. Okay. Uh, and and you, you manage the the change management side of things too, like backing up the configs and Absolutely. keeping track of that, which is 
I, I, I'm not going to admit as a network engineer, I may may or may not have rewritten configs on switches from time to time without backing up the originals. Um, you know, do it live. And, yeah. uh, you know, Avic recently brought in this uh, this company called Saslio. And, uh, you know, that that does some cool shit, too. I, sorry, I curse a little bit. That does some cool stuff, too. Uh, John, you want to tell us what that uh, that cool Saslio thing was? Is? Yeah, is, is. So uh, I'm excited today. This is our first, by the way, live appearance. I don't know if you knew this, Ray. Our first Ovic SaaS management and Ovic network management experience. Like, there's never, this is a first time reveal live. On first on partner first. I love uh, it. We have actually, we have a long, it's a ridiculous. I always find out after the fact, but we do have a long history of companies that, like, they, I know this isn't your first webinar, but like, their first webinar ever was on partner first. So, like, Lifecycle Insights. I didn't find out till like a year later. And they're, you know, obviously good friends. Um, all right. So, Sasslio, now you got to be even more excited. All yeah. Right. So um, Sassler is a business I set out to launch three years ago. Um, I came out of the MSP world, started my way up in the NAC. Um, I didn't use Ovic then. I used a competitor, but understood of them and saw them out in the ecosystem. So I've known of Ovic for a long time. Um, but Sassler was really built to be uh, a solution to a problem that I saw, which was this gap in visibility around SaaS and what people are using and how people are using it and what data exists in it. And um, I launched March 26th of 2020, uh, so a few years ago. Um, and the funny thing is, if you remember those days, that, that would be basically the beginning of COVID. We, uh, uh, we went work from home on March 15th. That's yeah. phenomenal timing. Everybody else is like, the world's coming to an end. You're like, let's launch a company. Let's do this. Let's do it. Uh, the date was set way before COVID, so I didn't have a choice. Um, but really, it was, it was a bit of serendipity, right? The problem exacerbated with COVID. Um, people went home, people went to work, um, people had to solve problems, and people had to use SaaS to solve those problems. And quite frankly, um, SaaS exploded during COVID, right? Um, people, you know, I always say SaaS, at the heart of every SaaS tool is a business problem being solved. So more business problems were introduced. But what wasn't solved was this, the dirty word, the shadow IT, the scary stuff. Um, and for those ooh. who aren't familiar, ooh, uh, yeah, we don't have any, can we like flipper seal that sound or whatever it is you do? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Phil's got it. Phil, Phil's in the chat. He'll, uh, he'll add some flippers uh, later on. Yeah. Um, but the shadow IT is just IT that's not being seen. And in a lot of cases, you know, it's an IT adopted by users that aren't visible to the central IT team. And if you're an MSP, you're that central IT team. So in this case, SaaS shadow IT is that SaaS people are signing up for, but you don't have visibility into. However, we all know our customers expect us to be supporting everything. So we built SaaSlio. It got acquired last uh, quarter four, 2022, last year. Uh, and now we are Ovic SaaS management within the Ovic portfolio. And I'm super excited to share a little bit about what we've been doing for the last couple months or a couple quarters. And I, and I apologize. You got to give me at least two quarters to get the naming right. Uh, no I, I, I will do my best to call it Avic SaaS Management. Uh, no uh, promises. <laughs> so. I'm the I'm the Sasslio the guy that just like beats it. Anytime I see it or hear it, I fix it. But I, I'll get I'll give you a couple quarters. It, it's funny because like this was one of those products. So Alex Farling, Connor Swalm. Um, Tons of my friends were like, you got to meet this John guy. You got to go talk to him. Nicest guy on the planet. You got to go talk to him. Blah, blah. Sorry, Kelvin. Because um, Kelvin likes to take that uh, that name. He's like, you got to go talk to him. The product's awesome. You're going to love it. Um, but 
time sucks, right? We never have enough time, which is kind of the whole point of being able to monitor their stuff, but that's a whole other conversation. Um, and, but finally, like when we got time, to, you know, we got time to set things up and, and I gave it to my team to start trialing. Like I was, this is one of those, I give them stuff to look at my poor team. I give them stuff to look at probably two or three times a week at least and i'm like do a full deep dive give me your opinions let me know what this looks like blah blah but this was one where i was like every day i was pinging jack who was overseeing this project and i'm like jack give me an update what's going on what how are we looking like and he's like i gotta call with these guys i got and i was so excited about it because as a former msp like back in my days msp was so much easier because remove local admin privileges lock down their ability to download stuff and you're golden. Like you've solved 99% of stuff. Add email filtering, you're solid. You could you can completely suck at all of the security, but you're good on the desktop. And nowadays, like we have a good change management system, but everybody's distributed. All our apps are SaaS today. Um, you know what I mean? And so, like, it's really cool. And then go back to the Avic side. As a web provider, we run a pretty decent sized infrastructure. <laughs> you know, it's a global infrastructure. Networking is kind of an important thing for us. Um, so like, you know, and, and honestly, you say networking, anything networking gets me excited. That's that's just that's my happy place right there. So this, I, I, it's not as exciting as the insurance webinar. Sorry, guys. But uh, this is <laughs> this is definitely one of my uh, my favorite topics. All right. So there is a PowerPoint. And again, guys, this is not death by PowerPoint. If you have questions, comments, I will absolutely interrupt these gentlemen and we can ask them live and, you know, within reason, most things are all, are on the table. Um, but the PowerPoint is also available for download. So don't worry about screenshots. Don't worry about anything like that. Simon uh, will put a link up. He just did. You can download it. So don't sweat it. Uh, block. Dallin says block all non-VoIP traffic and be done with it. Um, also another awesome voice service provider. I agree with you, Dallin. Let's just kill all non-VoIP traffic and we're good. Uh, John, how does that sound to you? Nolan, that, that sounds like a good plan. I, I, plan. I came from the UC world. I always say just turn SIP ALG on and off and on and off and on yeah, and off. Yeah. Figure it out. It, it's like USB, right? USB-A, you just, this way doesn't work, this way doesn't work, this way works. It's yeah. like, yeah, yeah, you're good, you're good. Uh, we have Kelvin hot on a minute i think john and i need to have a nice off Ooh, that's actually not a bad idea john are you coming over to msp geekcon that sounds very pleasant you're right i'm starting us here i'm excited oh it's well kelvin will be there so that that'll be a fun time okay I, <laughs> maybe right. we'll do a live stream of that who's the nicest person yeah. all right so who's walking us through this though who's uh who's taking us through this uh presentation yeah, uh, that would be me. All, All right, right, let's hear it, man. It's your show. Let's, let's get started. Let's do this. Yeah. All right. So um, I, I think we've uh, done the intro introductions pretty well. I'm just going to give a brief like situational overview before heading into the product demo. And of course, we encourage your Q&A. Um, you know, we'll get to as much of it as we can today. Um, so like, so we, we've been through the introductions. Uh, so I'm just going to skip that part. And head on into the presentation. You can't you can't go past a lamb and a baby lamb and like be like, oh yeah, we're gonna skip past that part. What was that? Oh, oh it's a polar bear. Okay. So does the polar bear have a name? Because I saw Ashley's comment about the nuke being into it for polar bear, but is that the name or that is a name? Yeah, Ashley was spot on. Nanook is our uh, mascot. Um, nice our, our long-standing polar bear mascot. And if you um 
you know, encounter Avic at, at any event, you know, we, we like to give away baby Nanooks. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to need, I'm going to need to grab one for my, uh, my hall of fame shelf behind me, put them next right. to cloudy. All right. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll hook you up. I think we've given away like, I asked one day because that polar bear. I've been behind the booth. People just love it. Yes. we have to have given away ten thousand plus of these things. Like I've got some up here if you barely see it, but uh, people love the polar bear. Well, and, and I loved like a right a boom. Was it? I forgot which conference it was. It was right a boom. It was one of those where like people are dying to put on the polar bear head. <laughs> like it's like I I can't imagine how many people have put that head on. Um, and yes, Matt Rose. Yes, I said baby lamb. He passed by it like this. I. I, whatever anyway um matt rose out of central florida uh but like having seen other costumes and i used to do santa when i was a when i was younger i'd do it regularly for like a children's home and stuff like you generally don't want to put on suits other people have had on it's they get hot they get sweaty not not a fun time I, so i have one if people ask nice enough we might break it out by the end but that's there you go. Keep the questions coming so we can break out his uh, his polar bear suit. All right. I'm sorry. Uh, no, we'll keep going, man. It's all you, bro. All right. It's a great motivation for for good questions. Definitely to see the see the polar bear costume come out. All right. So um, at Avic, we have this saying that work from home or a coffee shop. The enterprise network. So gone are the days where traditional carpeted office environments are the norm or even expectation for many em employees. Today, we, and I include myself in this, want the flexibility to work from anywhere. And of course, SaaS is a big reason why this is possible. As a result, our networks are evolving and adapting for this new network last mile. So let's take a look at some data that supports this move from the traditional office to this work from anywhere new world. So according to Gartner, almost half of all knowledge workers worldwide are either hybrid or working fully remote by the end of this year. In fact, Avic already itself is a 100% remote company. And in the United States, this number actually rises to 71%. Since 2020, there's been a massive surge in the number of hybrid workers, of course, because of the COVID phenomena we talked about. Um, this has accelerated a growing dependence on the network as a basic business utility, and as well as a change <clears throat> what we expect in terms of flexibility to move between working from home, working from the office, or working from um, travel and remote environments. And even though hybrid work had already been increasing prior to COVID-19, 45% of companies that IDC surveyed in late 2021 indicated that they are concerned about their ability to support the hybrid workplace due to staffing concerns, as well as the dramatic uptick in support requirements that's been brought on by this new reality. And it's no surprise that many network operations teams report that applications are at the root of many complex network service issues, something that Avic expects to see even more of in the very near future. So of course, I, I don't wanna uh, you know, preach data at you, of course, this is all very interesting, but I wanna know um, for the audience, are you seeing these trends play out in your customer environment? So uh, please drop a line in the chat if this is something that you can relate to. I mean, this is like, you know, that was one of the hard parts about going fully remote. We decided March 15th to go fully remote in 2020. And we back then, 
about 90, 90% of our company was all in one office. Uh, we had some people in Pittsburgh. We have some Miami devs that were, that work from home cause they wanted to, but most people were here in the building I'm in now. And we sent everybody home. And one of the things we didn't account for is now you have 50 different networks. <laughs> you have like all these different things you're accounting for. Um, and you know, back, you know, the MSP clients had the same challenges. Um, you know, it's funny, we talk about this on MSP Dispatch, but like, you know, you have Zuckerberg, you have Musk telling people come back to the office, but that's not what the rest of the world is doing. A lot of the rest of the world is still doing fully remote uh, or at least hybrid, right? Um, and, you know, I think I think you're, you're kind of underplaying a little bit, Nolan, saying, you know, it's a concern. Um, it's a, it's a terror. It's a nightmare. Um, you know what I mean? How many, how many little, you know, neck gear, how many little neck gear, five port, eight port switches do you have to support at people's homes? You know what I mean? Like, yes, this is a problem. Um, I can only imagine like the number, the stories, you know, especially in the sales process, like the stories the MSPs come to, I have these challenges. These are driving me nuts. How can you help me? Um, do you have any of those? Like, I know I'm putting you on the spot. I'm sorry, <laughs> but do you have like any of those off the top of your head where like these are challenges and you're like, Ovid can do this. We got you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think you're spot on and talking to the trends that now we've, we're discovering all these additional networks uh, connect connected to our, our overall landscape. And yeah, um, one great thing about Ovid is that we see all those IP connected devices, whether it's those consumer grade switches or um, a, a random IOT device, like a, a smart home appliance. Um, and just knowing that just having that bigger picture of the environment is key to making sure that the network is performing optimally in this very still uncertain time. I, I think from my like I, I agree there, right? I like, know the, the trends are there. I think from a story side, my favorite has to be the, I, I heard an overheard story, at least with one of the sales guys where at home in a loopback device in his own internal network, just, yeah, I'm going to plug in a switch. I'm going to, I'm going to solve my own problem. Um, Listen, that's redundancy, sir. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I have full speed and loopback. Um, I mean, but, anybody who's done this, not going to say, Certain people have done this. Um, anybody who's done this knows all the lights go pretty blinky. So for Christmas time, that's actually not bad, right? Christmas loop back. I think that's a good uh, holiday. Speak, you know, yes, yeah. It, it, speaking of Christmas time, like uh, you know, I have for those with like small kids and stuff. I have a nine-year-old uh, about to be ten, but like one of the challenges is always getting them off the devices and with uh you know and i have every i have pf sense at home and i you know i've done every like he has his own vlan where i control access time i didn't realize i can just plug the switch into itself that'll kill the whole network problem solved we can have dinner in peace yeah. i might use that <laughs> so why well, get it why well, get like i know that routers nowadays you can do uh like password protect for two different or i got two different networks for like kids like a lot oh, of yeah. they come with that configuration loop back device no. Back, back in my day, it was, you know, my dad would yell at me and that's the end of it. But also back in my day, it took 45 yeah. seconds for dial-up to get online to begin with. So, yeah. you know, that's a whole other conversation we'll save for another day. Uh, I'm sorry, Nolan. Didn't mean to derail you, man. No worries. No, this is great. All right. Um, so, uh, so a little more uh, data here just to expand on my last point. No surprise to any of us. SaaS growth continues to be strong. 
And despite the fact that this, this shift to cloud apps has been going on for years and years, I mean, I was talking about this 10 years ago as an industry analyst, um, Gartner still continues to forecast strong growth for the global market, expecting 17% growth this year and nearly a $200 billion overall market. So it's not, not surprising that nearly three quarters of organizations um, report that SaaS is um, be quite important or very important to their business goals. And so what does this look like in real life? Um, also, according to Gartner, the average 100 person organization now utilizes 126 SaaS apps. And this isn't even accounting for the ones that have been purchased, but are just sitting on the shelf. Um, and to that point, it's not surprising that a quarter of all this software is is underutilized or overdeployed. And of course, even more software that's is sitting on the, on the shelf is shelfware. And it's not just our IT organization spurring on this explosion, surprise, surprise, but a lot of the, what I like to call SaaS sprawl is attributed to shadow IT. Um, and it's just becoming just more and more common across enterprise IT tech stacks. And of course we know with shadow IT, uh, there can be some challenges and some horrors. And what I would love to hear about, um, I'd love to hear some members of our audience uh, share some of their stellar shadow IT horror stories um, in the chat. And I know John has a particularly harrowing one. So I'm going to, uh, you know, give him the mic for a second to share that. See, sure. that, that's, that's how you know that this, that Nolan knows this stuff. He's like, you know, I was going to do this, but John, you tell the story. <laughs> like, I got to like, you know, do work. I'm like, Simon, you take it. So, <laughs> no, I, I get well, I've seen it all. I've done it for three years. I've got, yeah. we, could, we could spend the next 30 minutes. I don't think anybody wants to hear it. Maybe that's maybe another maybe. shadow IT horror stories of the regular CD. I mean, yeah, that's a whole other show now on the MSP media oh. network, but like, I thought we were good. I expected some stuff when we deployed. I looked yesterday talking to some of the MSPs that reached out to you already and their LinkedIn information's below. Go ahead and reach out guys. If you're interested, um, you know, they don't do the hard sales thing. They will absolutely, you know, take care of you. But like I was talking to MSPs last night, some uh, buddies of mine, including Kelvin and others. And I'm like, this is what it looks like. And I was showing screenshots of mine. And I'm like, damn, I don't know that website. What is that? <laughs> it's like, and my team has been actively on this over and over every day. And there was still some stuff that was popping up. It was, yeah. So awesome, but frustrating. Yeah. I, I think from my side, well, I've always found, I've, I've kind of distilled it, by the way, down to two ways. Two-way shadow IT coming to companies. So you can walk away with a little wisdom today. Or or prove me wrong. I'm like, put it in chat if I'm wrong. But I've decided that shadow IT comes in in two ways. It is either an employee trying to solve a net new business problem, right? Like they, you know, I nobody, I always say, nobody just like signs up for Dropbox for fun. Like nobody just does that. I, I. Not the people yeah. I spend time with. Let me just put it that way. <laughs> I, you know, speak for yourself, sir. I, okay. How I spend my weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Signing yeah. up for SaaS. Um, yeah. But they're trying to solve a problem. So they sign up for Dropbox. They're trying to get a file over or whatever it might be. Um, but nobody just does it for fun. So the first case is solving a net new business problem. And the second case is very similar. It's solving a business problem that they didn't know there was a tool already to solve. So like in this case, that shadow IT came in due to a lack of training. So in my pro, in my you know prerogative and over my last few years, shadow IT really comes down to two, two issues. It's net new business problems, which you want to identify so you can elevate and centralize and inventory and bring into your compliance framework. 
or it's a training gap that you need to look at and help and employees understand, you know, what solutions already exist so that they're not putting these numbers up to the right, you know, dragging the Gartner metric through the roof. I mean, as a vendor, I already, and you guys are better than me. You guys do the free trials on the website, but yeah. like, as a vendor, I already hated free trials, Yeah. but from an organization that has to manage its IT mm -hmm. internally, like these free trials get spun up and you don't, it's, you can't lock it out with admin, right? Like they get spun up all the time. Lord knows if they use their company email address or their personal email address. And without something like this, you have no way of knowing what they're doing and you have the potential for data being out there. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's scary when like you really think about the details, it, it gets kind of, you know, it'll keep you up back to those, that horror story show we'll do later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just think at the, at the root of it, I, we've seen very little malice with shadow IT. It's just somebody trying to solve a problem and not realizing what's going on. But at the end of the day, there's no windows lock. There's no uh, windows administrative lock log on for signing up for SAS, right? Like you, know, you go to install something blocked, but there's nothing blocking that behavior on the browser. And so visibility is that first key component, in my opinion, at least of knowing you have to know it first. Anyway. Definitely. All right. And yeah, I was sorry. I don't know maybe I've flying through the next couple. I, I realize we're getting yeah. a time. I feel like we just keep. No, moving. yeah. It's, it's sorry. We're already like halfway through the, uh, the hour. I apologize. Oh, no, no um, I, I want to bring up Kelvin's comment real quick. A user setting their personal Dropbox account at the same location as their SharePoint OneDrive storage location. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's scary because, like, hopefully you have DLP enabled if you have the right licenses. Um, but it's still so easy to exfiltrate data. Like, you don't think about it, right? Everybody's locking down USB ports. But this is so much easier. Yeah, that's <laughs> thanks, Kelvin. Appreciate that. Now, if if they take their SharePoint and link it back to their personal Dropbox, can we create a SaaS loopback? Like, Ooh. I think I'd be curious. That's like the Spider Man, like the two Spider Man. <laughs> 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 like OneDrive needs any other excuse to break, right? Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So. You know, I, I'm preaching to the choir here, but the SaaS ecosystem has never been more dependent on the network. It's really becoming a tale as old as time, really. Um, SaaS needs a network to survive and thrive and deliver on what it's promising. And so this touches applications professionals, this touches network architects and managers, this touches your ITSM team. Everyone will have to, needs to work together to understand this intersection better and, and maintain essential services for your clients. Um, and these dynamics have created challenges for keeping the new last mile of the network up and running. You know, it, with all these added complexities, IT help desks have a harder time getting to the root cause or root causes of service tickets. Um, this leads to a scramble to narrow down where a problem may be occurring. You know, it becomes MTTR remains important, but now you have to start thinking about MTTI or the meantime to innocence. You know, I've, um, stay on our polar bear theme. I put an innocent baby polar bear up on the screen. Aww. You know, we, we just, we just got to do that. It's a cheat. Oh, you have to, you have to, I actually have, uh, while you're talking, I'll get, I have tiny little Coca-Cola bottles that would go perfect <laughs> in that slide. <laughs> it's a cheat code to marketing. I agree, but who doesn't love cute polar bears? So you've got, you've got to understand where the problem is coming from. Is it an application, a server? Is it the network? 
so on and so forth. Um, that, that becomes essential, this concept of meantime to innocence. And of course, there's no slowdown in the growth of, of SaaS applications, especially when shadow IT comes into play. And none of this is happening in a vacuum. According to Avic's recently completed network um, IT management uh, field report, IT practitioners are still facing challenges around budget, skilled labor shortages, network visibility, and ensuring overall infrastructure performance. Um, savvy network and application leaders, of course, are going to have to plan around these challenges. So um, let's take another uh, pause here. Uh, this, love some more audience feedback. What are some of the challenges facing your organization, especially with regard to networked applications? Is it what you see on the screen, these broader IT challenges, or are, are they more granular and specific? And of course, Ray, I definitely want to um, get your insight on this as well. I don't know what you're talking about. As an MSP, I never had a challenge ever. It was easy, man. No, I'm kidding. So it's, it's funny. Uh, Alex Farling and I, we get asked often, like, if you were starting an MSP today, what would you do? And my answer is always the same. I wouldn't. Um, my hat's off to the MSPs. You guys have so much hard work. Uh, it is ridiculous. But, like, I've been hit by every single one of these, right? Like, you know, because it used to be back in the day, you just – Threw a lot of money at something and you could pretty much cover your bases right um nowadays like even an unlimited or quote unquote unlimited budget isn't enough um doesn't mean the prices don't keep going up but it's there and then don't get me started on the shortage of skilled professionals that's exactly that was one of the not un that was one of the unintended benefits where we started hiring remotely and now we have employees all over the world we can just get the best person possible it's still a a you know, it's still a negotiation game, but we can get the best employees anywhere. But for like the MSPs I talk to that are hiring locally, it's tough. Yeah. And network visibility and security, it, it, those are just the banes of my existence. Those are my boogeymen right there, those two. I, I always say, man, IT is just like, it's like the galaxy. It never stops expanding. And none of those things that were in the middle ever disappear. Like, nope. next Five years from now, all the things we're dealing with today will still exist, and we'll just have five more years worth of things to go solve. That's about right. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this was supposed to be a positive webinar. <laughs> Nolan, you do this stuff with John, like you let him come on and like scare the crap out of everybody. It's not even October, yeah. dude. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah, that 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 that's his uh, job, really. Um, I, he's got to be scary. Out. But um, and I, I take us out of these this nightmare story. And I know we, we are going to cover a little bit of demo, guys. So yeah. those of you that want to see the platforms are absolutely going to do that, uh, being respectful of your time. If we can't cover everything today, we'll just do another one. Um, but uh, but go ahead, Nolan. I, I want to give you your time, man. That sounds good. We 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 love we love to spend time here. So uh, um, so you know, of course, I'm not again not telling you anything that you don't already think about day in and day out. But we ultimately want to ensure that our networks are resilient, that they provide maximum uptime because these devices, we're going to continue to have more, more network devices, more endpoint devices, and more sophisticated SaaS environments. Um, and understanding how the applications intersect with all of this is just more and more critical every day. So how are they consuming bandwidth? What are their usage patterns on the network? Which applications are materially impacting network performance and capacity? So IT teams need visibility and insight into both the network and applications to be armed for the fastest possible troubleshooting, as well as looking forward, proactive capacity and strategy planning. And I know a, 
I promise this is our last bar chart, um, but uh, just don't, don't just take our word for it. Customers expect and demand that their MSPs help them navigate this new landscape. Um, we find this to consistently be true across all the latest trend reports coming out from CompTIA, for example. Okay. Not only are IT teams crunched with all these competing demands, but they're being pressured for um, many um, types of solutions that maybe didn't exist, that they didn't think about before, didn't exist before, and they're asking their MSPs to provide them with these solutions. And not probably not a surprise to anyone here today, but just behind the usual suspects for most requested services of cybersecurity, storage, and data analytics, our SaaS application management and remote network monitoring and management, which luckily is what we do here at Avic. Um, now try saying that 10 times fast. Yeah. <laughs> and so this actually brings me to the end of uh, the kind of background uh, presentation. But to reiterate, your SaaS ecosystem has never been more dependent on the network and, and the reverse is also true. So I'm going to hand it over to John Harden to talk more about the SaaS side of things. And, uh, you know, because we're a full service uh, production network, we have our uh, OneDrive, SharePoint, Dropbox, Sync, finger pointing. So. I like it. This is this is full speed beam generation. And now oh, I yeah. a need to keep yeah. up. Um, All right. So they, they MSPs love demos. They love yeah, seeing the actual platform, right? Like, don't get me wrong. I love stats. I'm a stat search, but we want to see like what this stuff is. Simon, can you can you bring this up? Because it, it's crazy to get ex excited about software, but I do. I get excited about software. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited, obviously, to talk about it. I'm super passionate. If you ever catch me, um, post nice off. Uh, let's chat about it, right? I'm, I'm in. I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it. I'm also very interested to see if Kelvin and I can have a nice off. I don't know what. That oh, is. we're doing it. We're we're already doing a tech bar at MSP GeekCon May 21 through 23rd. Get your tickets. But uh, we're already doing a uh, a tech bar, so we'll have the two of you on. We'll do a nice off. It'd be funny to watch you two compete nicely. <laughs> like, that's... yeah, we're gonna we're gonna jump straight to. We're gonna see who can be nicer. And I just, I'm, the ideas are already in my head. And yes, get your tickets to MSP GeekCon. I'm going to reinforce it. I'm going to be there. Appreciate that, man. All right. I'll, so yeah. yeah. good morning, John. We see this partner hub. What am I looking at here? Yeah. So, um, you know, the platform was built multi-tenant. So we're looking at our multi-tenant hub here, right? Like we're looking directly live at what you would see if you had deployed this out in your environment. Um, you know, the platform itself is kind of, I mean, quite frankly, I don't know, Ray, maybe you can validate it. Pretty simple to roll out. Um, it is, yeah. You just push I say it. that as having done none of the work. Yes. But, <laughs> but I will say, Jack didn't have to give me any training whatsoever. Um, when I went in to actually look at data and stuff, uh, I know he did it 100% out of Intune. Yep. Um, but when I went to go look at data, I didn't have to ask him, which is generally what happens when I assign this stuff to other people. Hey, our claim to fame, 30 minutes or less. You could get it out. Sit, and as I like to say, sit back and just enjoy the data. And that sounds like that's what you get to do at least. Oh, yeah. No, actually, um, going back on it, I remember Jack was telling me, I think I did it wrong because I deployed it too quickly. So, yeah. yeah. I, yeah. It, this is small things, right? Like you come out of the MSP world, we make it to where it builds your clients for you and make it to where it pulls your IDs in for you. Um, we pull all the data live so you don't have to worry about it. And we just segment it based off of the way you segment in your RMM. Um, so make it simple, right? Like keep it simple oh, sure. because this is already a complex enough problem. You shouldn't have it to be driving through a platform to learn. So 
when I get in, uh, first things first, get your SAS health score. Um, SAS is a super complicated problem to solve. So we kind of want to have a nice northern light for you, right? Like a northern star, rather, uh, of where to head. I think the polar bears are in the northern lights, not the uh, northern star, though. Um, but, I, okay, I'll have to stop with the polar bear memes. All right. Once you get going, what's going to end up looking like is a little bit of this. Um, you know, this is the meat of a meat and potatoes of what I think most people get excited about. So the way the platform works, I know we got a lot of people that always can appreciate the tech, is that we have a endpoint agent and a browser extension that are in constant communication. Like right now, as I am on my computer, my SAS, uh, Ovic SAS management agent, you almost got me to say it, Ray. My Omic SAS management is <laughs> so close. Uh, my Omic SAS management agent is now detecting that I'm on my Google Chrome and it's detecting that in this case, I'm in the SAS Leo environment. And it's monitoring what I use to log in with that account and it's building this dashboard. So when people go in, you know, in the back background, we're using StreamYard to do this. Um, there's a story of John Harden getting on at StreamYard 15 minutes before when I logged in to get onto StreamYard, then when I jumped over to this portal, this all populates. So we believe in this concept of like letting people build their own software inventory of trying, instead of trying to go ask people what they use, just let people do their job. And we're going to build an inventory off of what activities they're doing. So we built this list. This list is all stack ranked by uh, shadow IT risk. We can come in and stack rank what we think is important. Um, you know, security tools, database, app, you know, cloud automation, cloud computing, identity managers, anything that shouldn't be there without you knowing, we can stack rank right to the top and we can present info to help you learn a little bit more, like who's using it, how they're accessing it. Is it single sign-on or not? Are they just logging in with, you know, a web form? Um, give them a bit of usage. And then we have a distinct metric in our platform called work usage, where we could dig into any individual app and look across all of our systems and all of our users and understand, are people logging into this account with, you know, personal accounts, shared accounts, generic accounts? How are they accessing this data? And so the reason we had 86 personal usage is because Violet's using this corporate share file with her personal account, which is a behavior we probably want to double click into because this is a corporate asset and not a work asset, or rather, the numbers, personal asset, work asset. And, and I'm looking here, like, as you're doing this, of course, I'm going through because my ADHD doesn't let me single focus. So I'm going through our own instance. And I'm looking at, of course, I see on the top 10 apps, Discord is on there. Surprise, surprise. Um, you yeah. know, so I, I open Discord and I see these community curated tips from Discord experts saying, yeah. is this being used for company or personal since Discord servers are built by public users? Why is Discord being used? Teams is included with 365. Like, it's interesting because like if you see something you don't know, you may have like there's some feedback. There's possibly some feedback from others that like help you on the right track. Yeah, we, we call that our uh, VCIO community. And so I pulled it up here on Dropbox so people can kind of get the idea. Like we have 80,000 apps in our repository. You don't need to know 80,000 apps. That's an insane amount of SaaS applications out there. So what we do is when building your QBRs and we integrate, you mentioned Farling, so I got to give the, you know, the selfless plug. When we, when you build yeah. your QBRs, you can come in here, import the way you want to approach these apps. Data syncs over to LCI, you know, Lifecycle Insights, MSP Geek Economy with all my little plugs here. Um, and the information automatically gets appended to your next QBR. 
And so in this case, I'm under an individual client. I save these notes. When I save these notes, I can then publish them back out to our community. So if I want the community to take the way that I approach Dropbox, you publish it, we vet it, and then we'll publish it out live so more community members can access that data point on how to approach it. So it's, it's also interesting looking at this stuff. Like I realize I have some users using my Windows Paint 3D. Like it's just I, I like it because, like you said at the very beginning, the reasons shadow IT happens is part of it is users trying to solve a technical challenge on their own. Yep. Regardless that we have an internal IT team just for this stuff, users are gonna find their ways to get stuff done. Sometimes they don't want to wait for tickets. We we're users too, right? Um so it gives it lets you prompt the conversation of why are you using this without being overbearing and you know a malicious state, but like why are you using this? What's the case? Can we help you do something better? Um, and I love that. And that's our approach or ethos, right? Is like we're not here to slap the wrist. We're just here to solve business problems. Um, and that goes back to my ethos earlier. I mean, nobody's here signing up for these tools unless you're Ray or Senior on the weekend, like signing up and putting data in these tools. <laughs> Uh, right now. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just saying, like, nobody does it. Um, or people might, but not many people do it. And it's like, instead of, you know, six months from now, when you get a ticket in your help desk that says, hey, I no longer have access to share file. Why, why wouldn't you have gotten in front of that in the onboard journey with the client? Like, I don't need to right. wait until the ticket comes in. I could just assess and discuss and resolve instead of waiting for them to be problems. Well, and uh, you know, uh, you know, we we all came from MSP, so it's like you know how it is with like onboarding clients, where that discovery phase, whatever they told you they have, they're hundred percent full of it. Like there's always a million things they didn't. There's a little switch under the wall. I, I I've seen switches in walls, not unify in wall switches. I mean switches like behind drywall. Yeah, and you know what I mean, and stuff like that, and. You know, or SaaS apps, they forgot to tell you, you can't write a good, to do a good DR plan or good IR plan, you need a complete inventory of what you have and what you use every day. Yep. And I can't see a way to do that without something like this. You, you get what I'm saying? I, I mean, that that is our ethos is employees use, you know, users use SaaS. So why not just let the users build their SaaS inventory by doing the job they're already doing? It's, it's really that simple. It's not overly novel. It's just... Instead of, you know, requiring people to fill out questionnaires, let's, I, I would say real-time questionnaire with them, right? Um, you know, they're just doing their job and we're building a report. And I agree. I mean, I think, you know, from a CIS perspective or from a security perspective, user inventory, account inventory, software inventory, understanding if these apps, for instance, are secured with multi-factor or not, whether they access them with single signer or not. We do map the single sign-on behaviors. We follow those OAuth flows in the browser and we'll map how they access the app. Um, and we'll export that out in a nice report for you. But being cognizant of time, I'll show one of my favorite reports and then I'll kind of open it back to a Q&A and we can flip the script back around. Um, my favorite report is just like we rely on employees to uh, build the software inventory, uh, as a tech, I would have loved this, by the way. We rely on our employees to build their offboard checklist. Um, and just like that, like with using that same data to build our inventory, we map the tools that people are accessing. We map the way that they're accessing them, which accounts they use to access those accounts or those apps, um, which method they use, whether it was uh, Azure or Google Single Sign-On. 
We do furthermore allow you to assign which apps are managed by you. So Intercom, my order group, Simply, Adobe Sign are all managed by the MSP in this case. And then the list of all the remaining shadow IT. And so we get to assign what I like to kind of call a line at DMARC. Like I offboard, an we've all dealt with that. Like an employee comes, you know, employee's got to be like, go, ticket comes in from the boner. Hey, we're letting go of the MS, you know, VP of sales. What were they accessing? Um, you know, you have an inventory to build and share, but you also have a line of where you start and stop. And I think that's one of the most important things. I, I, I think you're grossly overcomplicating this. Uh, every MSP client I've ever had always, every user had everything saved in their password manager app and everything was saved in their documentation platform. There was never anything they were accessing that we didn't have access to. I, I think you're full of it. I'm being incredibly sarcastic, by the way, for, for anybody watching. It's a joke. But yeah, I mean... You know, I would have loved this. I absolutely would. Dude, where were you like 10 years ago, man? Come on. I was in the MSP. I was learning that this was a problem. <laughs> 10 years ago, I think it's around the exact same time, Salesforce decided to put that Ghostbuster no software logo and spur this whole dang thing on. Yeah. So, yeah. so this is all thanks to Mark Benioff is what you're saying. Yeah, we're blaming Mark okay. Benioff live. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it. It's, it's obviously no blame, but it's just a problem that needs solved. And I think that fundamentally, like the endpoint management tools that exist are great for doing inventory on the endpoint, but the challenge isn't the endpoint anymore. It's that the minute that user clicks into the browser and, you know, employees spend all day in the browser now. So why not do some monitoring and management from that perspective? So yeah, agreed, agreed hundred percent. I think from my perspective, I can leave it there. I just leave it with a little teaser, right? Um, you know, beyond that, doing alerting on things like when people are sharing these accounts, when people are logging in with like admin at, or when people are logging with sales at, because, you know, not only the behaviors in the apps themselves, but like what, how are they accessing these apps and when are they introducing risk? Like Scarlet logging with general at into Salesforce. I have deployed so many cases where I'll see, you know, uh, sites or silos where everybody shares their own signed up Gmail account. You know, 10 people share a Gmail account because they want access to something. So they mm -hmm. sign up for it outside of their 365 domain. And then all of a sudden we're stuck with this Gmail account and the MSP never knows about it until right. somebody leaves or something happens. And then again, that's just an immediate remediation, which obviously puts us at compliance risk, but it's just wasted time trying to resolve these things because you don't have the data to support them. Well, like, and I and I look at like as we go through our different, you know, CFF, CSF, or cybersecurity frameworks, or we go through like we do our annual HIPAA audits, right? Um, you know, I, I can't imagine we had to do this. I mean, obviously, before we had uh, Avic SaaS management. Sorry, yeah. um, you know, we had to do this, but it was a thousand times harder, and I guarantee you we missed stuff. And so, like this go round. I, this it, we just happened to be implementing this just before we did our, our regular audit with the compliance group, and uh, and Jack was like, "This is fantastic! Export done! <laughs> like it was it was awesome." <laughs> it, but that that is really all it is, right? Like it's let's build an you know right now it's that let's build that user account inventory, let's build that software inventory, let's alert on the behaviors that shouldn't be there. Let's ensure, for instance, you know, I'm kind of on the CIS side here. They can like 
only use of supported browsers, email clients, like all the other areas, there's at least six or seven CIS controls we really double click into and support. I'm happy if anybody's interested to reach out, I can send where we can help in that journey on that matrix. Um, but you know, from my perspective, I realize where we're at, we're at 155 and we have the intent of showing a little bit of Ovic network management. We may have to take your time, Ray, or your offer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, to be fair, these are two very, I I'm saying two, I get it's the same company now, but these were separate companies up until like last year and two very complete, very powerful applications. Yeah. Um, that easily could warrant their own webinars, each one. So yeah, uh, we, we might have to. Yeah, I think from our perspective, the, well, I'll, I'll communicate the journey, right? Like the open story out there. I said, this is kind of one of those first times people will hear about it, but the IT journey is complicated, right? Like it doesn't get, go back to the expansive ever growing galactic gal or the galaxy. Like it's not getting any simpler, but we need visibility. We need management and we need to reduce that MT, you know, the time to resolve those issues and the time to map these, you know, networks or SaaS. Um, and the vision here is to help eventually make IT professionals' lives easier, right? Like, let's build a set of tools that can help MSP professionals do their job better, more efficiently, and and have the full picture. So, yeah. I'll leave us with that. No, and that's that's an excellent way to leave on. You know, we have again the contact information. Not only it's been on here, uh, it'll be in the show notes on both YouTube, LinkedIn, uh, and Facebook, I believe. Um, definitely in YouTube for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, contact information for you guys are there. You guys do make the trial sign up, ironically, very, very easy. <laughs> so, you know, you can always sign up for a trial and then go sign up for a trial of Dropbox and then Box and point everything at each other with SharePoint. And, you know, you get you get your meme right away. And uh, I think I love that. Um, let me see if I can put it up one more time. There you go. <laughs> at least we map it when you sign in. We map our own tools, so it's not shadow IT anymore. There you go. Knowing's half the battle. Um, what should we call it? Uh, John Nolan, thank you so much, guys. Um, any parting words you want to give us before uh, before Simon comes on and tells us what's coming up? I would just say thanks. Appreciate the time. It's always fun to chat with you. We didn't make any flipper seal sounds. Nolan, <laughs> you want to add to it? No, I was, uh, say yeah. Thank you for uh, you know letting us spend some time with you today. Uh, really enjoyed it. And uh, and I'll go ahead and uh, apologize on behalf of John for all the nightmares you may have after watching this. <laughs> um, you know, uh, Simon, what do we have coming up, man? We I know we have a packed next couple weeks. Yeah, so we have a couple events. Uh, tomorrow, we actually have a webinar uh, with everything MSP. So we're going to be talking about prescriptive selling, improving opportunities through insight. And that will actually be hosted by our own uh, white label queen, Alex Boyd. Uh, so make sure you tune in on that. And then next week on Thursday, 6.30 p.m., we're going to be back at the tech bar uh, with Travis Mayo of NanoGeeks, which he's a very cool MSP out of Dallas. Uh, and make sure you stay tuned Tuesdays and Fridays at 10 a.m. Stay up to date with the latest uh, channel news uh, with MSP Dispatch presented by Ray and Tony Francisco. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, MSPs and uh, VoIP providers and everybody else out there in, in uh, chat land, thank you so much for watching along with us and uh, giving us your comments and educating me on Nanook and, uh, you know, showing me that he's not a little lamb. Yeah. Um, you know, until next time, we appreciate you. Uh, again, reach out to these guys. I, I can't... I love the software. I'm not getting paid to say it. Just the opposite. I'm paying to use it. I love the software. Go talk to these guys, please. Uh, but until next time, take care of yourselves and each other.
This has been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.